You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Social Contract, the new way to Saturday. I'm George. I'm Cleo. And I'm Tavia. Welcome, everyone. By way of a quick recap, this season of The Social Contract podcast follows 10-year-old BFFs Georgie and Gigi as they travel through time on a magical skateboard, meeting U.S. presidents throughout history. When we left the two Gs, they were airborne, having just lent our first president, George Washington, a helping hand. In this episode, they meet Abraham Lincoln, just as he is about to deliver the Gettysburg Address. And once again, Georgie and Gigi come to the rescue. Lincoln is a president about whom much is known, but we here at The Social Contract thought it would be pretty cool to do a top 10 list of sorts centered around some fun facts about President Lincoln. I'll start. Number one. Known as Honest Abe, Abraham Lincoln was our 16th president. He served from 1861 to 1865, the year he was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. Number two. Lincoln is the tallest person to ever serve as president. He was six feet, four inches. Now here's Cleo with numbers three and four. Many historians agree that Lincoln was one of the greatest and most influential presidents in terms of how he shaped United States history. And one of the many lessons we can learn from Lincoln is how to work with people who disagree with us. Three of the people who ran against him for president later became members of his cabinet. Number five. Lincoln had a tough childhood. His family was poor and he was raised in a log cabin with a dirt floor. His mom died when he was nine years old, but his attitude was, I will study and get ready, and perhaps my chance will come. Number six. Lincoln was able to joke about himself. For example, he was said to be rather homely. So when a political opponent called him two-faced, he said, if I had two faces, do you think that I'd be wearing this one? Number seven. Despite all his achievements and his sense of humor, Lincoln was one of the saddest presidents. Although he was victorious in the Civil War, he was devastated by the death of 620,000 soldiers. But in the end, overcoming his sadness made him a stronger person and president. Numbers eight and nine, courtesy of our very own George. Need to write a book report? Abraham Lincoln has more books written about him than any other president. Also, if you're ever in Washington, you can visit the Lincoln Memorial, which celebrated its 100th anniversary just last year in 2022. It is one of the most beautiful and powerful national monuments and one of my personal favorites. And finally, number 10. Lincoln was a father to four sons. One of his sons, William, nicknamed Willie, is even name-checked in this episode. 
Now let's listen as Georgie and Gigi meet Abraham Lincoln. As the storm clouds cleared, Georgie and Gigi were blinded by daylight and felt the altitude plummet as they descended from the sky. They dropped onto a patch of grass. It felt like a belly flop, but way harder. They lay on their tummies for a moment and caught their breaths. Georgie and Gigi hoisted themselves up and peered around them. Nothing but a gravelly dirt road. Where are we? asked Gigi. I have no idea, replied Georgie. Just then, a horse-drawn carriage charged down the road toward them. It was the largest carriage that they had ever seen. Not that they'd seen that many horse-drawn carriages. Wow, Georgie marveled. That's even bigger than my dad's Yukon. Yeah, that looks like it could hold eight people, plus two dogs, and all the family's luggage, and a baby jogger for a week at the beach. Gigi waved her arms in the air and flagged down the grand carriage. As the driver pulled back on the reins, the four horses slowed and came to a halt. The kids were awestruck at the majestic carriage, which was painted a shiny black and reinforced with iron joints and metal-framed doors. The bearded and black-booted coachman wore dark blue military-looking uniforms adorned with brass buttons. Then, the carriage door swung open, and nestled inside was a tall man in a black stovepipe hat. There was no mistaking President Abraham Lincoln's craggy face and intense eyes. Gigi excitedly nudged Georgie and whispered beneath her breath, Do you know who that is? Of course I know who it is, Georgie whispered back. That's why these soldiers are wearing blue. They're in the Union Army. This is the Civil War. Hello there, children, said the 16th president with a weathered smile. Thank you for stopping, uh, Mr. President, said Georgie. Lincoln observed the children with their strange dress and even stranger red board on wheels. What a toll this war has taken on our nation's youngsters, he thought. Might you both be in need of a ride? As the two Gs excitedly climbed into the carriage, Lincoln realized how much Georgie reminded him of his own son, William, whom everyone had affectionately called Willie. Willie, age 11, had died the year before of typhoid fever. A tear welled up in the president's eye. Are you okay, Mr. President? asked Gigi. Oh, yes, my dear child. It has been a deeply challenging time for me and my family, and most important, for our country. And now, as I look to the occasion of the dedication of the Soldiers' National Cemetery in Gettysburg, where so many men perished, my soul is burdened for these United States. Lincoln closed his grip on the crumpled envelope in his hand. Oh, to find the words that escape me now, with which to propel this address, this Gettysburg address, he said, frustrated. He scratched at his temples with ink-stained fingers. Gigi tugged at Georgie's t-shirt. OMG, he's talking about the Gettysburg address, she whispered. Georgie whispered back. This is the most important speech of his life, and maybe in the history of this country, and he's trying to write it on the back of an envelope with a quill and ink. Just then, 
Georgie remembered something. He reached into one of his cargo pockets and pulled out his prized cross pen. No way, said Gigi. Way, replied Georgie with a smile. How much stuff have you got in those pockets? Chided Gigi. A lot. We learned in Boy Scouts to always be prepared. Then Georgie said, Mr. President, please use this. My grandma Marie gave it to me for my birthday. She always said that sharp ideas start with sharp-looking writing instruments. Lincoln marveled at this new contraption and proceeded to scribble on the envelope. Ah, oh, wondrous, he exclaimed. With Georgie and Gigi sitting on either side of him, Lincoln began scratching out sentences and hurriedly rewriting, the words suddenly spilling out of him. Four score and seven years ago. What does score mean? asked Gigi. The word score means 20 years, Lincoln replied. So four score and seven refers to 87 years. That is how many years have passed since the Declaration of Independence in 1776. Oh, you refer to the past as a way of reminding people about our history and all that America stands for, Gigi exclaimed. Precisely, replied Lincoln. Our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation. You mean the founding fathers? asked Georgie. Very good, young man, replied Lincoln. Conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. This is to remind people that the nation was created to gain liberty, which is another word for freedom, explained Lincoln. Like emancipation, Gigi said. You did the Emancipation Proclamation too. Indeed, nodded Lincoln with a warm smile. That proclamation stated that all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state shall be free. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. President Lincoln closed his eyes for a moment and said, the great battlefield is the Battle of Gettysburg, where the losses totaled tens of thousands of human lives. And yet, it was only one battle. We come to dedicate a portion of it as a final resting place for those who died here that the nation might live. This we may, in all propriety, do. You're talking about all the people who sacrificed their lives for the benefit of everyone else and how that should inspire us, right? Asked Georgie. And how honoring them is the right thing to do, added Gigi. That is correct, children, Lincoln replied. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate. We cannot consecrate. We cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have hallowed it, far above our poor power to add or detract. Georgie blurted out, Oh, you're saying that words can't even come close to what the brave soldiers who actually fought for freedom did. I seriously have chills. This is so good, exclaimed Gigi, quietly clapping her hands. 
the world will little note, nor long remember what we say here, while it can never forget what they did here. I'm using these words to move from the present to the future, so that the soldiers who lost their lives shall not be forgotten, Lincoln said quietly. It is rather for us, the living, we here be dedicated to the great task remaining before us. Now you're telling people that it's not over yet, said Georgie. Yeah, there's way more to be done, added Gigi, giving President Lincoln an assuring pat on his shoulder. But don't worry, it will all work out. You'll see. That from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they here gave the last full measure of devotion that we here highly resolve these dead shall not have died in vain. Those we lost did not die without reason, Lincoln said to himself, and we must honor them by continuing to fight for what is right and just. That the nation shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Thank you, children, said President Lincoln, turning to Georgie and Gigi. I do not quite know how, but you helped me find the words. Then he held up Georgie's cross pen. And I am keeping this. Suddenly, Lincoln and his carriage vanished into thin air. Now, let's hear from George. Abraham Lincoln is a towering historical figure. He was also one of the most challenging presidents for me to bring to life. What more is there to say about a president who has had millions of pages written about him? And then I thought about Georgie and Gigi, and that's when the story started coming into focus. In the same way they helped George Washington cross the Delaware in an earlier episode, I wanted them to help Lincoln write the famous Gettysburg Address. I've always marveled at how something so short, less than 275 words, became one of the most important documents in American history. It wasn't the number of words in the Gettysburg Address, but how Lincoln used them to inspire and move the American people. That, my young friends, is leadership. Now, I'd like to kick it over to Cleo, who will unveil the special words that inspired this episode's word art. Remember, kids, you can find illustrated transcripts at mytscpodcast.com. There are two words that inspired this episode, freedom and equality. For me, they go hand in hand because we can't be equal if we're not free, and we're not free unless we're all equal. I love drawing the words in vibrant colors on skateboards, which was new to me. But now I love the idea that a skateboard can be a canvas. It doesn't matter where you find inspiration or how you express yourself, so long as you do. And that brings us to the conclusion of our third episode. We welcome you to follow The Social Contract wherever you find your favorite podcasts. 
Remember, new episodes drop on the last Saturday of the month. It's the new way to Saturday. We hope you'll catch us next on April 29th, when Georgie and Gigi meet none other than Theodore Roosevelt. Trust me, you won't want to miss it. In the meantime, check out our website at mytscpodcast.com, where there's a whole bunch of fun content for you to engage with. The Social Contract Podcast is created by George S. Corey and Cleo. Produced and hosted by Tavia Gilbert. Associate producer, Katie Flood. Music courtesy of Listen Audio. Mix and master by Kayla Elrod. Additional dialogue editing by Kathleen Conti. Social manager, Suzette Burton. Production coordinator, Tatiana Bacchus. This has been a podcast from Listen Audio in association with TalkBox Productions. On behalf of George, Cleo, Stephen, and me, Tavia, thank you for listening.